Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, with a stunningly intriguing new pair of glasses that none of you can see, but I'm sure she's put on Twitter, is uh, my co host, Miss Andy Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Um, well, let me put it this way. I was all like, I'm going to make a smoothie before we record today and be healthy and blah, 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 or at least pretend to be healthy in the sense that I guess if I drink something with greens in it, that counts. <laughs> did I do that? I did not. Oh, I'm sorry. It's um, okay. It, it been, today it, is just not going according to my personal schedule. I had to go to the doctor earlier and that has just thrown off my whole day. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it it's been it's it, it's been a day today. Um, but I do have new glasses on that my husband compares to an owl. Um, they are they are the new iris glasses from Zenny that I'm madly in love with. The whole co- I'm madly in love with the whole collection. But yeah, like I look at them and I think of what's her name from Ghostbusters. That's the feel that I get from that. But I mean that in like a good way. Well, um, Rob actually initially when I put them on and when they arrived and he came home and I had them on, he said, "Oh, I married Mrs. Who." Are, are, are uh, we are we going on a tesseract? And I was like, "Thanks, son." Anyway, um, so what are we talking about today, other than my glasses? Uh, we're talking about Annie's glasses, obviously. I'm sure we could work some cat content in there as well <laughs> if we had to. Um, no, this week we are going to talk about, and the thing, and we're talking about this now because we couldn't figure out kind of where to talk about it because it's an AMC Plus show called Kin, which is we re. Ugh, English, Lacey, which is releasing weekly on AMC's sort of premium streaming service. And I'm assuming it's probably going to come to linear broadcast later because pretty much every show that they have released in this way has done that. But we don't know when that is. And so we're not sure when the best time to talk about things is. And we're sort of midway through this season. And I don't know. I like a lot of the actors in this. So we're going to talk about it. Um. I, I also want to throw out there, it is also airing in Ireland right now, but it is airing um, after it airs here. So Interesting. It, is it like on RTE or whatever? Yes. It's uh, yeah. So basically, it premiered here on AMC Plus on September 9th. Um, it premiered on RTE on Sunday the 12th. And so um, I'm, I'm cool. pretty... Yeah, like I, I find this is another one of those things where AMC Plus is sort of leading the way. Um, and it's it basically the streaming service gets to air it before anybody else, and then the linear services follow. A, a show that we did not talk about because we just there's just lots of things to talk about is a show that they have called The North Water, which has Colin Farrell in it, and it's sort of like the terror but without monsters. Um, is also like I think that like world premiered on AMC Plus and is now going to air on like BBC Two or something. It's very yeah. Everything is very complex in this new yeah. land of streaming. But we're going to talk about Kid now. And I think we're going to try to keep it through. We tried to do the math on this to figure out when this episode of this show would drop in conjunction with where the show itself was in its broadcast. And I think we're going to talk spoilery through the first three First three, three episodes, yes. Episodes, um, yeah. Both AMC Plus and RTE should be through the first three episodes when this episode yeah. goes live. Which is about the halfway point of the show. Yeah. So, Because um, this this show is a... 
I, I've been told it's six episodes and some articles say eight episodes. Um, I only had six in my screeners, so I just went through the first three. Um, honestly, I really love this show and I was really surprised that I loved this show. Um, when I attended the TCA panels for this show, um, everybody talked about Gangs of London, which was a, a AMC Plus show that that streamed about a year ago now um and then aired on amc linear in the spring and honestly and it was super that gangs of london was like crazy popular in the uk it did like huge ratings it's uh, coming back for a second season yeah maybe we'll talk about that then and at the time amc said that it was you know the biggest show they'd had on streaming at the time and they were really big into it and they were very pleased with it and so they were doing more of these basically because gangs of london did so well the thing is that i was not that big a fan of gangs of london like it wasn't bad but it was sort of fine yeah yeah, it's very it's a very dude show yes and so i was sort of coming into this expecting and i mean and i I mean that both in the sense of the show does not have that many female characters and also it just seems really aimed at men yeah and i i sort of came into this assuming sort of the same thing gangs Uh, of ireland yeah i mean the 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 lead the lead actors that we basically were handed before like the show premiered were charlie cox who uh marvel fans will remember from uh from from Daredevil, um, Aiden Gillen, who Game of Thrones fans will remember, also his love him, <laughs> and Sierra Hines, who Game of Thrones fans will also remember. Um, so we, or have- those of you who are Austinites, will remember him from. He's Wentworth in oh, that's a right. very good feature film adaptation of Persuasion. Yes, yes, he is. Which is really weird because after that, he really went on to be like a lot of sort of gangstery type. Like, like not romance hero roles, which is just really weird to like look back on how just incredibly dreamy he actually is in Persuasion. Yeah. And I mean, like he wasn't a dreamy guy. He also he did Rochester in the 1997 Jane Eyre. Like he um he was Julius Caesar in Rome. Like he he's never yeah, like that. Would, he's so good in Rome. I love Rome. I know. I have to do like a random episode or something on like non classic british shows we love because rome was so good anyway so long story short this has like a stacked cast yes but the stacked cast was all like you know basically like advertising the men so i sort of went into this assuming okay it's a quote-unquote family gangster drama and it's going to be dude heavy the family who murders together stays together basically and then I sat down and started watching and was absolutely stunned to watch Claire Dunn walk away with this, says Amanda. And that Maria Doyle Kennedy was basically uh, the, the matriarch of the family as Bertie. And good Lord, like every scene she's in, so she's good. just amazing. And we stand Catherine of Aragon. Uh, by, by, the, by, by the time I'd hit the third episode, I was like, this is not a story about men. Uh, I, I mean, it I, is and it isn't. It's sort of funny. Um, it's sort of funny because to me, let me just try to like the story of Ken is basically like kind of exactly what you think it is. The the family at the center of it are part of the the Kinsellas, or I always say it Kinsella in my head because that's how it looks like it should be to me phonetically, but that's not how they say it in the show. Um, they are sort of like a a crime gang that deals drugs and and you know the the neighbors you know, won't let their kids come play with the Kinsella kids because they're gangsters or whatever. And in the way of gangsters, someone gets in a feud with someone from another gang. 
literal shots are fired some retaliation occurs some more retaliation occurs and then and uh, there are people that are dead yeah and the one you need to know is that a child is killed um like a high school kid who has really nothing to do with uh he's one of the he's one of the sons of one of the major sort of sibling gang members and he is he is very tragically killed and everything snowballs from that and it's sort of exactly the so the show that you think it's going to be in that sense in the sense that like everything snowballs it's terribly tragic you can guess that like as soon as as the two brothers Jimmy and Michael decide that they're going to go against the sort of patriarch Frank's decree that they not escalate this any further after Jamie, the young boy is murdered. Like you're just like, Oh, this is just not going to go well. Yeah. And then, you know, (laughs) they kill someone and I'm assuming someone else will like kill someone else. And it's just going to like escalate onward forever. And in that way, it's not, the show is not very surprising in that way. It's exactly what you expect it to be. But the ways that it isn't are what makes it interesting. Like all that other stuff is happening but while that's happening, there's a really interesting, like really rich story about grief and about loss and just a lot of stuff that gang shows like this don't normally get that deep into. So and and there's surprising twists as well. So uh, Hines plays Eamon Cunningham, who is basically like sort of the godfather of drug dealing in 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 Dublin. And uh, Gillen is Frank Kinsella, and he is they're, they're they're like a minor crime family. Like they're sort of like second tier at best. Um, they are independent of uh, Cunningham. They actually do get supplies from like other people. They're not like a deputy of him, and they're very proud of that. And Cunningham really would like them to stop being independent and just work for him and they have a basically there's a there's one of one of Cunningham's guys uh, is basically horning in on their territory um, and uh, a guy named Moore and they basically get really mad about this and you know Frank basically Frank the the the, the patriarch is basically like trying to keep everybody cool and you know we're, we're not going to get into a fight because we can't win against these guys and his youngest son uh who is referred to as Viking um who's played by Sam Keeley who's kind of amazing in his this. name is Eric which actually makes it even funnier yeah um so he's Eric the Viking basically he's basically this hothead idiot and he goes after like one of the like lower level people that's like close to Moore and so Moore basically then turns around and sh- basically attempts to murder Eric and instead of and a mur- very ill-planned drive-by yeah and then basically he misses Eric Eric ends up in the hospital shot but he doesn't die and Jamie who happened to be there along with them is killed instead and so Jamie is the son of Jimmy and Amanda um and Jimmy and Amanda are basically like Jimmy's the oldest son and Amanda's his wife and she he he's sort of the head drug dealer guy sort of head of the family just under Frank and her job is basically to like wash their money as a at a car dealership like she sort of pretends that she has someone watched Breaking Bad yeah like she's very much (laughs) she's very much like and and in the same way as Breaking Bad like there's a level where she sort of like divorces herself from what she's actually doing like she's not really in the gang she's not actually dealing drugs she's not actually which is really funny because there's a moment where michael the uh there are just like so many sons in this family yeah michael's the middle son that's charlie cox michael michael comes home from jail 
and he does not want to get a gang job or he doesn't want to go back to like doing gang things because he's really hoping that uh, somehow he he will allow be allowed to see his daughter. So he wants to sort of like go straight for a while. And basically Amanda's like, I'll just pay you. You don't have to come to work. So she knows what's up. Yeah, like she that's the thing. She knows what's up. Like and when we first meet her in the in the opening scene, like we see her snorting coke to sort of calm down because she's all nervous because the family's coming over for a party because Michael just got out of jail. Right? Like we, like she's totally in it, but she's sort of like in denial and she sort of has this denial that like her two sons, Jamie and and Anthony are going to, you know, somehow get out of this. Like she's going to get them to go to college and they're going to shake off their last name and I don't know become cop- and end up on Unforgotten. I'm not really sure what the <laughs> heck she thinks is going to happen. And of course, you know, the older the older son, Jamie, is like, of course, that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to follow in dad's footsteps. What's wrong with you, mom? And like, there, but there's a whole... So of course, like, the kid gets shot. The kid is killed. And so we have basically this grieving family here. And like, Frank is like, no, 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 we're not going to retaliate. You know, Cunningham is going to punish more for us. He's not going to give us more, but he's going to punish him for us. Bertie literally goes up to him at the funeral, like goes up to Cunningham who shows up to the funeral. I need to know what their deal is because there was some really like intriguing chemistry there that I would would read some fanfic about is what I'm saying. She she actually goes up to him and is like, you could just give us more. And he's like, yeah, I can't actually do that. Um, But like... They, they, she's so great in this. Like, I love Birdie. Like, she's such a great character because she's such like she is the no nonsense matriarch of this family. Like, she, there's no denial in the way that Amanda has denial. Like, she knows who she is. She knows who she married. She knows what she's doing, and she wants everyone to get in line just as much as Frank does. Um, but honestly, like, uh, so Amanda thinks that she's gonna get Jamie out, and Jamie is like, no, I'm not getting out. Once he's dead, like she sort of freaks out in this sort of in in a way like she all of the denial kind of falls away sort of and like she's the one who starts pushing like her husband she's real down with murder yeah she's the one pushing her husband to like go after more and kill more because that's what a real man does i actually thought that aspect of it was really interesting not that amanda's pushing not that amanda's pushing for it which i think is makes a lot of sense considering she's a mother and she just lost her child and like she wants someone to pay and answer for that i think it's really interesting the way she chooses to convince her husband to do it and it's by saying he's not manly if he doesn't yeah like i'm sure that's actually like a real thing that people in these sort of worlds think about themselves but i think it's really smart of the show to sort of openly acknowledge it in this way and have her be smart enough to like that's the manipulation tactic she uses and, and honestly like her her whole pr- Dunn's whole portrayal of Amanda's grief is riveting like she's she she doesn't want to uh, she comes up and she's like Jimmy you have to go downstairs and, and, and stay with Jamie Jamie's dead he's lying there she's like yes but he's cold and, he, and, and I don't want to be alone right like and then like it, but at the same time like you sort of get the feeling that Jimmy or Jamie might not be Jimmy's kid um there is a this family is so messy did you also get like i i have only i i really wanted to make sure that i didn't ruin any of this for anyone so i've only watched the first three episodes i don't know what happens this is me speculating wildly like a weirdo I get the weirdest vibe from Amanda and Michael. Oh, no, I am convinced. Okay, literally, Jimmy says to Amanda, I know you slept with Michael while I was in jail. 
because all of the Kinsellas have been to jail at some point. And apparently, like, Amanda was lonely and Michael was there and he kind of looks like his brother. And so she was like, screw it. I'm going to get laid. <laughs> right? Like, uh, and so, insert keeping it in the family joke here, I guess. Right? Like, and there's a thing where she's literally saying to Jimmy, well, Michael should be the one to give the eulogy. Michael should get up and talk. And Jimmy's all like, are you trying to humiliate me in front of everyone? As if he's sort of suggesting that Michael is actually the father of a man. I know, and there's the other there's the other sequence when she's convincing Jimmy that they have to kill whatever right. his name is. And she's like, you have to ask Michael. Like, ask Michael again. Yeah. As if she knows perfectly well that this is the real father of Jamie and will and will will have that and will be a bigger man than he than than Jimmy and go kill him. Because it's interesting because for all that um, in most of the marketing materials for this, I saw Charlie Cox's face on a lot of them, uh, which I think makes sense. He's fairly well known now, thanks to Marvel, and he's very easy on the eyes. Yep. Um, for all of those things, we do not get a ton. Like he doesn't actually have a ton to do so far in this show. Like he's not his character doesn't have a lot of interiority. He doesn't have a lot of literally any any sort of concrete anything yeah and, we, and we know looking that... at looking at him i'm like well because you hear people sometimes in the background talk about i guess his n- nickname as a gangster was the magician um because he wait for it makes people disappear <laughs> but um i mean i guess you're no one until you have a dumb nickname <laughs> in your gang. i did it says something by the way it says something that, that both eric has the the nickname of viking and michael has the nickname the magician but jimmy does not have a nickname I mean, maybe it's a bad nickname. <laughs> maybe it's like Jimmy the Loser or something. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. like maybe we find it out in episode four or something. But I, but I like, would, I, f- yeah. I feel like there's all these things that the show is deliberately not telling us about Michael, and I think that has to be on purpose. Yeah. Um. So Michael has this this daughter uh, Anna, who who he's been trying to see, um, who actually comes to Jamie's funeral, which I found fascinating because up until then they'd sort of shown her as like avoiding her father and like you know custody. She, there's no way he's going to get custody, and her grandmother is like you know if he comes anywhere near you, you need to report it immediately. So the mother is dead. The fa- Michael is somehow responsible for her death or killed her. It's not clear. But Anna clearly has a whole lot of unresolved feelings about the fact that Michael is her father and that she's a Kinsella. Um, I, and I, I find both of those to be very fascinating. Like, it, it's actually, they, they sort of make a point of it. I don't know if you caught this, but they make a point in, in, in that scene with the grandmother that she doesn't have the the Kinsella last name I forget what the name actually is it's with an A I think or an R but they make they actually make a point that they don't use the Kinsella mm-hmm. last name for her and you can see that she sort of has like you know the fact that she shows up to the funeral when like the school has literally made a rule that no kids can go to Jamie's funeral that none of his none of his schoolmates are allowed to go because this is the Kinsella family and anybody who goes will be suspended right but she goes which honestly is messed up I know like, like, if your friend just died, like, you should be able to go to their funeral. Even, Sorry, if, like, even if they come from, like, a gangster family. Like, you know, like, that's just, it's rude. Um, though, there's also a point made, Birdie makes the point that Amanda basically banned a lot of the gangsters to come pay their respects to. Because she's, she doesn't want the press to see all these gangsters show up at her son's funeral. Because, of course, you know, this is a huge gangland shooting. It happened, like, in front of a, it ha- happened in front of a gym. Everybody knows the 
kid was shot in a drive-by like they're when they when they're going to the, when they're literally walking to the church like there's cameras poking through the fence taking pictures of the coffin being walked down like it, these people are these people are weirdly fake they're like infamously famous i guess yeah yeah i mean i could see that because that happened here with gangsters in like the 20s yeah I went to some restaurant in when I was uh, I visited Greg on a work trip and I think it was Arkansas that like literally has a plaque because Al Capone used to eat there. <laughs> so, yeah, like there you, you can. I remember what I was going to say before. Oh, OK. Back to back to Michael and his sort of nebulous connection to everyone. Like to me, the show did not actually wait. I will not say did not. I will say has not yet for me justified why Michael was suddenly OK with abandoning his whole um, oh no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm following the letter of the law now to just like, he just immediately was like, boom, I will not only help you murder this man. I should definitely be the one that shoots this dude in the head. Yes. Like there's um, no, there's nothing that shows me how he got from point A to point B there. And I feel like that has to be something that it digs into later or. Well, there's, there's hints of it. First of all, there's the hint that Michael is actually Jamie's father. Then there's also when Anna the comes magician. to the magician. Yeah. When Anna, <laughs> when Anna comes to the funeral and Michael's it's like, so I'm so dumb. I know. I can't. When Anna comes to the funeral and Michael's like, I'm trying to get custody of you. She's like, dude, you are not getting custody of me. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you, 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 you're responsible for my mother's death. There is no way. And this just happened. What is wrong with you? Are you, are you mad in the head? Right? And she kind of walks off. And so I think there's also supposed to be uh, this sense that Michael has lost Anna and he's sort of given up. And, and if he is Jamie's father, which I'm sort of assuming at this point, because at, so far, there's so well, many things. He clearly that- hasn't seen his daughter. Like he actually makes the gesture to try to like introduce himself to her mm-hmm. like, like he, he knows that years. he that she doesn't that he knows that there's a greater than zero chance she doesn't know who he is yes and and there's a sense like there, there's a sense that I, I think we're supposed to get the idea that that he's sort of half lost anna or given or or is in despair of ever seeing anna the, he his secret kid who his who his brother has been raising is dead and he wants to do the revenge himself. And that, that's the other thing is that you, you mentioned that, that Michael sort of tells Jimmy, I'll be the one to do the shooting. He has a whole thing about, well, I haven't driven a car in 10 years. You don't want me, you don't want me as the Guess driver. Guess what? Else. It's still the same. His driving plan wasn't very complicated. It was sit in an alley. Right? Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's not like Formula it, One here. Like, it, it, it's a total, it's, it's total nonsense. And we know it's total nonsense that Michael is feeding Jimmy in order to be the one to do the shooting. And like, you're not sure if it's because he's protecting Jimmy like I'm going to take the fall for this so you don't or if it's because listen I'm I'm the guy's real father and I'm more manly than you and I'm going to go do the shooting because I know you can't actually do it like I can't I, I couldn't quite figure that that's another thing like I couldn't quite figure that bit out and this is sort of what makes this show so fascinating is that we have like there's so many things about it that's predictable like I I, I I totally assume that Jamie is Michael's kid because everything about this show says to me, of course, Jamie is Michael's kid. And so I'm just assuming it. Um, but at the same time, like there's things like the motivation to to demand to do the shooting that 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 is sort of compl- that, that has so many complex layers that you're not really sure which one it is. And you're right about Cox's performance being very understated. To the point where this feels less of like he stars in it and more like it's an ensemble piece where he happens to sort of exist. Um, 
I mean, if we're talking about scenery chewing, Aiden Gillen gets a gold star. Oh, my God. He's so great. I love um, him so much. I, I am also a little concerned about what the mental health thing that's supposed to be happening with Michael is. I can't tell if that's supposed to be epilepsy. It's not it's epi- really they well. Think it, they think it's supposed. He goes to the doctor. Oh, that's and right. I only know this because okay. I literally just stopped the third episode before we got on the 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 air here. Uh, the doctor says that he needs tests, but he thinks that it's epilepsy. Yeah. Which which the doctor also says is probably a result of his p- repeated head trauma. <laughs> so yeah, like there's a whole there's just there's so much going on that like I, 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 I'm not sure if any of this will resolve properly but I do really enjoy like how this show has so many layers. Like I even like Eric's uh, Eric's girlfriend, I think, Nikita, um, who is... Uh, I mean, I think she... I can't tell if she's a girlfriend or a wife, but if she's still a girl... If she's a girlfriend and not a wife, she's been a girlfriend long enough that, like, Frank yeah, lets that, her hear family stuff, so... Yeah. And, that she, and, that, and that he considers her family, but at the same time, she sort of doesn't seem to quite know what's going on at any one point, um, which is why I think she's not actually a wife. I feel like that's kind of the ideal, ideal gangster partner, though, isn't it? Like, don't ask too many questions. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, like one of the other things about this show that really got me, especially in the first episode before Amanda sort of stepped up and sort of became the hard the the, the hard woman to insisting on on killing was that I was sort of like, why did you marry this dude? Like, how do you how do you end up a wife of a gangster dude? How do you when they tell you what they do for a living? You didn't run like what? Also, like they're she's from there. It's not like their family's reputation is a secret. Right? Like, her mother clearly knows what her daughter married into and does not approve. Her parents are so interested. There's so many little... Uh, like I said, I'm not... I don't... Like, the gangland war stuff doesn't interest me that much. But what interests me so much about the show is all the weird little character choices it makes. Like, Amanda's parents, who are so aggressively rude mm-hmm. to their own kid, who is grieving her dead child... And literally, like, the mother doesn't actually say, what'd you expect? You married a gangster. But the mother basically says, what'd you expect? I'm just like, maybe you could wait till after the funeral. Just a suggestion. Right? Like, it's amazing. I know, and there's other weird little things like that. Like, the um, I'm thinking of when we finally get a scene with uh, Eamon Cunningham that isn't him just yelling at someone. He's having oh, dinner with... Oh, thing. Yeah, he's having dinner with an ex-wife. Yeah, None ex-wife. of the women in this show have very clearly defined roles. Um... No, because she says, you left me. Yeah. And so I think that she is an ex-wife. And, and the one scene that we see him have so far that isn't about him threatening to murder someone or trying to convince someone that he will murder someone if they do something he doesn't like is is this random kind of out of nowhere seeming scene with a woman we've never seen before who is his ex-wife who wants to tell him she has cancer and is dying. Yeah, and 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 his immediate response is to freak out and we'll go to America and none of this is happening and I will solve this. And she's like, "No, dude, I'm dying." And like, I I I'm really curious how that's gonna factor in too because you know there's a level where this is the dude who like orders the murder and then wanders into the funeral of flowers, right? Like he shows up to Jamie's funeral, right? Oh like, my gosh! And the camera angle when he talks to Amanda that's like literally up his nose is right. so ominous and weird. Yeah, like it is like his character is clearly like the coldest guy you have ever met. Right. Like like he like he is he he is a 
MF. Like, he is just that guy, right? <laughs> and then here you are, like, seeing him basically panic because someone he's not even married to anymore, someone he left, is ha- has discovered a lump in her breast and is dying. And he, in his immediate response is, I will, I will, I will conquer this. Right? Like, like he can't possibly imagine losing her. And it's... It's both sort of this, you know, I said, how in God's name do you end up with a gangster for a husband? But you can sort of see if 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 you're the kind of person who really wants someone who will take care of you in that way, why it might be appealing. Um, and also why it might become too much after a while because they just need to keep solving things like cancer when they can't. The other weird character thing that I... I assume the show is going to do more with this and it's not just like a factual statement is the fact that Frank is gay and uh, he's, he's, he's gay enough that like, he's not, I don't think he's going to pride parades or anything gay, but he's gay enough that other people know that he's, that he's gay and other people know enough. Other people know to like mock him for it because he has such a position of power within their little organization. And I was like, that's very unexpected. And there's there's a character who goes around with him at all time, Dots or Dotsie or something like that, um, who I'm pretty sure is supposed to be his lover. But it's sort of like the uh, Dotser, that's it. Um, but it's sort of it, it's not quite clear. And it's not. And 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 Bertie just totally accepts it. Like, she's just like, whatever. Like, I, I, I'm the matriarch, I married him, and he does his thing, and I do my thing, and we're all happy. Um, but I, I, I find all of that to be incredibly fascinating, because, you know, the, one of the things about this show that I feel is is a theme, is and what makes it very different from, say, Gangs of London, is the family aspect. And as these people close ranks, like... You know, I wonder, will, you know, is Nikita, that's why I, I, I'm pretty sure Nikita's girlfriend is that there's going to be a moment where Eric's going to have to choose. And I feel like there's going to be a moment where Frank is going to be told you have to choose. Will and, he though? Because Frank is sort of the one who does that. Right. But I feel I like know. the rest, I feel like the rest of the family may, there that there may be a moment where the rest, of, maybe it may be the last one to go. But that the rest of the family will eventually turn to him and be like, no, he's not family. This is it's family now and only family. I don't know. That's an interesting question, because also at some point you have to like there's closing ranks. And then there's realizing that like five people aren't going to keep you you all alive. And you should probably have some like, I don't know hired guns or something there's a whole david versus goliath like sense to this too that like they that that the kinsellas are david and they are going up against goliath here and and it makes you want to root for them even though like you know that there is no way um i i also the other thing about this that i thought was really fascinating is i um i started doing a little bit of research into like when was this written when you know all that kind of stuff and i discovered this is actually supposedly like based on a real gangster war that has been ha- that happened in Ireland? I had no idea about this. Mostly because I don't think any of the like pre-show press <laughs> mentioned it at all. Like Annie told me this before we started recording and I was like, "Wait, what?" Literally every article I found that's printed like the Irish Post and Metro and all and and Irish Mirror, all of them mention immediately the Kinnan Hutch feud. 
which apparently had raged in Dublin since 2014 and basically Wait, is ran... it still happening? N- no, the pandemic ended it. Oh, well, I guess it's good for something. Um, but I, I, I actually started doing research and you remember how, I'm sorry, how I have to take a minute to laugh that coronavirus prevented them from shooting each other. Okay. So, I mean, um, good, but also really. Wow. Right? <laughs> like, I know, like there's a whole, like there, like there are several articles like based, like, you know, describing this feud and, and listing all the dead and the last people who died are all in 2019, like right before the, uh, right before the pandemic hit. Um, but. Uh, the thing is that 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 I I found fascinating is um, I, you know that it is actually I, I was like well is this sort of a thing that people are making up or is it really like a thing where they're they they really are, but you know how um you know how Cunningham has this whole thing with Michael where he says I can send you to Marbella. Yeah. And I can send you to yeah. Spain. I was—I didn't know what that was about. I, that I, is the clue that this is about that feud because the Hutchkinnon and feud started when a gangster was a gangster who worked for Family A was sent down to Marbella by Family B, and everybody became convinced that he was that he'd basically turncoat, and so they went and killed him. So that that Marbella thing is actually like uh, it, it's an Easter egg for this crime family feud. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that makes more sense than I was mostly just like, why is he even... Again, the weird nebulous Michael stuff. Like, why is he even talking to Michael? Like, what... It felt like there was history there to be, even without the random, like, go to our island apartment or whatever part. I don't know. I have so many questions about Michael. Uh you know, and that I think that also is part of what's driving me to keep watching this. Like, I watched the first three episodes so that we could talk about this, um, and I had to literally stop myself from watching episode four because I really wanted to keep going. Because <laughs> I was like, I need to know more about Michael. I I need to know if if Jamie is his kid. I I need to know like uh, you know what happens next. Um, and and I, I yeah I I that's a mark of a really good show like the like the last time I had that kind of reaction to a show I turned on thinking I was watching it for work and I was not going to enjoy it that much was uh, Bodyguard Body uh, Bodyguard was the I literally sat down to watch like two episodes because I had to for work and I watched all six in like one setting and like I I, I if if I if we hadn't made a pact to stop at episodes three so we wouldn't accidentally do spoilers, I would have kept going. It is really um surprisingly propulsive. Like yes. but not in a not in a um not in a like there's tons of twists. Even though there's usually something at the end of each episode that makes you want to like keep going. Like at the end of the third episode, that dude is dead. I don't even I'm I was like, I guess he's I couldn't even remember like who he was. I knew he was More. connected to the the Kinsella family. <laughs> no, not that guy. The guy that turns up dead at the very end, where that woman calls Amanda and starts oh, oh, calling oh, her all manner guy- of expletives. Oh, that's the guy who basically helped her, like, uh, 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 oh, the car guy, the car guy. Right, right. Yes, he he's basically the guy who works for her, helping her like launder the money through the car sales and finding her cars to basically sell to wash that money. Yeah. And 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 the idea is that, and this is where I got the whole sense the walls are closing in and they're going to stop trusting people. Is that all of the people around them are going to start to die because they can't if the family closes ranks and they all basically like I don't know go to Bertie's house and like don't leave and like sit around staring at each other. 
or I don't know, maybe go to Jamie's house and hang out with the snakes or um, oh something gosh. like that. That snake is so... I Okay, look, y'all. I do not like snakes. And I think that evolution has said that snakes, like, get legs. Like, we have moved <laughs> past this. Snakes are so horrifying. I Can we stop having the, like, really ominous conversations, like, next to the giant snake tank with this, like, <laughs> big... I don't, is that a python what is that I, like, I, I, in the it, background like looming i just i get it guys this is a shady world <laughs> um yeah so like i don't know for all i know they're all gonna sit around and stare at the snakes in the next episode but like the 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 killing of basically this guy who is sort of who is very tangentially related to the point that you know someone who's not paying that much attention to the actual gangster details is gonna be like who the hell's that guy um that that I expect like like there's those two guys um what are their names one is Kem and the other is uh, uh, uh it's called something Fudge like I expect both those dudes to be dead in the next episode right like I expect like all, I expect everybody outside of the Kinsella like like center circle to start being picked off one by one because uh, Cunningham can't get to the Kinsellas or he's doing it to frighten them or something. Um, but yeah, like I expect, I, I, I fully expect like many more deaths. Oh yeah. I actually think this feels like the kind of show that like, there's so many, uh, I say superfluous Kinsella's all life has value, but, um, <laughs> I feel like there's definitely going to be like, they're all not making it out of this. Yeah. Like I, I, I have questions about that poor Anthony kid. Um, the younger son, the younger son of Amanda, who I assume is actually Jimmy's real son. Um, I, I have questions on whether or not he'll survive. Like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of people I assume are going to die and soon. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, Interestingly enough, like I feel, I hope this is actually a limited series. I know our, th- I know Gangs of London is coming back for another season, and and these are sorts of things that always get extended. I guess I'll have to see how the ending plays out to see how I really feel about that. But um, stuff can stuff can have an endpoint is really my larger point there. Well, I was going to say, you know, one uh, before I I don't remember if this was before he was in Game of Thrones or 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 sort of uh simultaneously with he was in this uh uh, uh other gangster show Love Hate where he played John Boy. Oh, that's actually if you have not seen that people that show, I had to really like work hard to find that because I went through this really like a deep uh Aiden Gillen phase right when uh, Game of Thrones started. But it's a great show. And oddly, the character is very similar. Yeah. And he uh, basically that Love Hate was meant to be a limited series in the same way that Kin is supposed to be a limited series. And it got like, I think, four seasons by the time it was done, maybe five. Um, It got several extra seasons. And I get the sense that if Kin is a hit, especially if it's a hit over an RTE, that we might very well get a season two. But, you know, for all I know, I'm I'm saying that and I'm going to get to episode six and they'll all be dead and there won't be a season two. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's not funny, but it is a little. But it is like, you know, this could be Hamlet. Who knows? Anyway, I do like I I will say that the reason that I I'm sure no one is shocked to find out that the reason I think it's so good is because of the women and because it actually um not that like not that grieving death is a particularly like female position to take. Everyone does that, but I think um I think it's really good that and unexpected because I didn't think it would handle it this way that the show is not portraying that uh grief as weakness. 
which often is is like when women are allowed to to show very expansive emotion in this way it's usually to indicate that they're crazy or lesser in some way and this show does not do that at all and i i love it for that I also love how how powerful grief really is, because even though like we sort of see this as Frank versus uh, Cunningham, this isn't really about that. This is Frank versus grief once Jamie dies and he loses is basically what happens. Yeah, he didn't want to do any of this. He, no. <laughs> I actually felt really bad for him when Cunningham called him and just started like dropping expletives on him. He was like, whoa, what is yeah. happening? Because he really thought it was handled. Yeah, he thought he had a hold on this and grief just like undermined him, ran through him and like scored a touchdown while he was just standing there going, what's going on? Yeah, no, like I I, I think that the, the acknowledgement that grief is a powerful emotion that causes people to make decisions that logically don't seem like a good idea at the time but feel really correct in the moment really like i i think kin catches that really well and so yeah and i i just i also just love claire dunn and i love maria doyle doyle kennedy and i think you guys should watch it for them (laughs) yeah it's really like it's unexpected i i am surprised by how much i liked it all right, and that is our show this week. Um, I may actually end up like writing a review of this once I watch the rest of it because I just really like I don't know. Y'all know me and shows about women, um, so we'll see. Annie, in the meantime, tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Uh, you can find pictures of my cats at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Uh, let's see. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and a associate editor here at televisions.org. And I also freelance around the web. So if you just follow me on Twitter, I retweet all my bylines and that's where you'll find what I've written today. Woohoo. I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And I also write here at Televisions and around the entertainment web. But I always share my bylines. So come be my friend on Twitter and check all of that stuff out. If you just want the cat pictures, the boys are on Instagram at Baker and Hammer. Looking very cute. And if you don't want any of that and just want the British stuff, the site and the pod are on social media at Tele underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. We are a product of WETA, and if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org and click on the donate button up top to help us keep doing it and get access to PBS Passport all at the same time, which will be very useful this fall because it will give you early access to shows like Grandchester, Call the Midwife, and more. That is our show for the week. Thanks for joining us. If you have thoughts on what we should talk about, shoot us an email at televisions at weta.org. We love to hear from people. Other than that, um, if you, like us, are here in the local D.C. area, get out and enjoy the 2.5 weeks of nice weather we are about to experience. I love the week of fall. I know the week of fall is so good. Be nice to each other. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated if you haven't yet. Please convince those in your life who may be hesitant to do the same and look out for each other. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.